Hey, mate. Good to be back with you. Craig Curry here, Chairman of Inventor Capital. Uh, I'm also the Chairman of Skeena Resources, uh, Vizsla Silver, Vizsla Copper, uh, among others. Hey, good, good to see you, Craig. You look disgustingly healthy and thin. What have you been doing? Well, it's been a pretty good, pretty good summer, although, you know, far too much work going on, of course, given uh, where the markets are at and, um, and what we're doing on, on the corporate front. But uh, it's been a, a good month. But it's a good time, Alex. Look, I want, I want to tap you up, right? You're, um, I guess, retail investors, family officers looking at this. You just, you, Craig's like one of us. He's an investor. He just happens to put a lot more money in it and there's a lot more moving parts. Um, right. How are you thinking of the markets at the moment? Because you've got a few companies out there. They're all, everyone's been hurt by market conditions at the moment. And, you, and I guess they're all at different phases as well. So, um, you have to look at each one individually, but at the same time, there's a kind of overall thematic, which is, geez, do I just sit back and watch this un unravel, or are there things that you can do to kind of positively affect your companies? Yeah, so, well, of course, we started this sort of uh, macro downturn and moving to a recession back in March, which, um, you know, meant all hands on deck at each of our companies. You, you've got to quickly look around at, you know, where, what your cash balance is, what your burn rate is, what's uh, what's necessary on your spend and what's unnecessary and really cull those things very quickly. So there's a heck of a lot of work in each of our companies. You know, here at Inventor Capital, I think we've got 22 companies in total, about 12 of those are listed today. Um, so there's a heck of a lot of work in, in really sort of doing a lap of the fences and, and making sure that there's no holes in there. Uh, so we did that and where necessary raised some money. Golden Shield was an example of that. We raised a few million dollars, six million dollars actually back there a couple of months ago. Uh, just to, to keep the lights on, make sure we can keep the team on the pitch and keep drilling. I think, um, you know, at Inventor today, our, our group companies have about 23 drill rigs turning around the world. So serious amount of spend uh, and serious amount of value add for shareholders. Uh, but you have to be careful in times like this. On the macro front, I suppose, you know, a bit disappointing to see these sort of changes and, you know, we all sort of share the concerns that people have with federal bankers and central bankers around the world that, you know, they, they're always behind the eight ball, move a bit too slowly in either direction and then uh, overreact. And we think that that's the case here, of course, inflation. 70, 60 or 70% of inflation is the result of um, energy imports uh, into production and um, you, you know here we're starting to see oil and gas prices level out perhaps you know it could could be a bit of a tough uh, tough market for the next few months but at some point we'll see things level out um, and uh, and we'll come roaring out of that into what we think will be a phenomenal bull market you know this this call it what it is I think it you know we're in a, largely a global recession right now uh, it, Every single recession that we've ever had globally, you end up in a serious uh, gold and precious metals bull market. So we can see that coming in the not too distant future. And then of course, the, that huge macro theme of electrification of the planet, uh, you know, transformative, uh, globally transformative macro theme uh, hasn't gone away. So I think, and, and of course that's, uh, that's also backed by the fact that we haven't seen enough exploration and development in recent years. So I, I think we're going to run into what will be the biggest uh, bull market for, for metals generally over the next couple of years. So this, this sort of uh, dip in the market for the last six months 
here at Inventor Capital has allowed us to do a bit more than we otherwise might have thought we could get done in terms of getting deals done. Of course, when prices are high, it's harder to get deals done. So we've managed to announce a few really serious deals. Our Archer exploration, we announced the acquisition of Warbridge's nickel assets out in the eastern part of Canada, the Grasset uh, deposit in Quebec. And, um, <coughs> you know, Mike Connett, my, my um, managing partner here at Inventor Capital and I have been trying to figure out a way to get a, a land position in Sudbury for the last five years. Well, in one fell swoop, we've gone from zero to having the third biggest land position in the Sudbury camp. So that was a great deal for our shareholders in Archer Exploration and for Wallbridge's shareholders. Uh, we announced this morning, uh, Wiesler Copper, the acquisition of Consolidated Wood Jam. Uh, you know, that gives us a massive land position just south of Mount Polly here in BC. Um, gives us a million ounces of gold and about 1.7 million pounds of copper in one fell swoop. So uh, we managed to, to get that done in the cover of tricky markets. So, you know, these markets, um, it's an ill will, ill wind that brings no good. And uh, here we've managed to get some really good deals done under, the, under, under this sort of tricky market conditions. Of course, we've got to fund these companies now, but we don't, you know, we still have great access to capital. We've got great management teams in all of our businesses. So we're in, in really good shape, even though it's been a, a relatively tough, uh, tough six months. It, it, well, it, it definitely has. I think money, money's tight. Um, I, want to, I want to talk about a couple of the, the, the projects that you've got going on at the moment, because you've had some great successes in the past. And so you're saying for your shareholders, for yourselves, et cetera. You know, ISO is a great example of that. Um, I need to talk about Skeena. You put out, you put out um, a report today. Started to look quite interesting there. Um, again, you know, what, well, so do you have any input there? I know you are chairman, but what, what's your actual working relationship there? Yeah, look, I, I work, do work pretty closely with the team, but again, more sort of a mentoring role, I suppose, in a, in a sense. And, and of course, you know, as you grow a company, I think Skeena, uh, six months ago, we had a market cap of about a billion dollars. We're probably half that today. Uh, but of course, you know, all the governance issues ramp up as you get to that scale and, and you get more eyeballs on the company. So managing that aspect of it's been important for me. But um, Walt uh, and the team particularly, you know, we've had Randy Reichert come on board from B2 Gold. Uh, Shane Williams there, um, extraordinary group of people and they've done a phenomenal jo job. You know, as I say, our market cap's about 500 million today. Pleasantly, I see that um, we're up 10% this morning. So the market is still reacting or starting to react positively to good news again, which I think is a big sort of indicator as to what's happening uh, and what will happen next. Money's starting to come back in for the right stories. But, you know, that project, Eskay Creek, of course, one of the world's great um, former producing mines, one of the highest grade mines on the planet. Uh, $1.4 billion MPV, uh, all in sustaining costs less than $700 US, Canadian capex of about $580 million. So very manageable project and certainly the first five years of production there will be tier one, you know, 450,000 uh, ounces of gold production a year for the first five years. So that's a phenomenal project and a phenomenal outcome for shareholders and great to see the market reacting uh, positively to positive news for a change rather than just, you, you know, for the last three months, I think we've seen any positive news treated as a liquidity event by investors. Uh, now we're starting to see money actually come back into the sector. So that's an important change, I think, over the, over recent months. Okay. And, and we, can, we, can, we can talk about Visla uh, Copper and the Consolidated Wood Jam deal. Um, we can talk about, um, you know, Visa Silver success of, of last year, etc. But what I'm trying to get from you is, like, I'm, I'm treating you as a sort of 
large investor, you're kind of like us, you, you, you're you still an investor at heart, although you're kind of in these deals, so it's a bit hard to extricate yourself, but I'm more interested in the, the view here, because I was speaking to a CEO this morning, um, I don't think he'll mind me saying, because he said it probably, uh, um, a Sino, he's saying, actually, we are dropping tools, we are only gonna be doing desktop stuff, because no one cares what I say in this market today. So no drilling, no operations, we're just pretty much gonna be focused on permitting, um, and that's where we're going from here. So different companies have different approaches to this. What's your approach, what's your recommendation to the management teams of the companies that have venture capital? Yeah, look, I, I think for someone like that, you know, that that's a wise approach. You, you know, permitting is so crucial nowadays, of course, it always has been, but, you know, it's a, a big job, and if you if you have that opportunity, you need to focus there. But we're taking the view, you, you know, Visa Silver, we've put out some phenomenal results in, in recent uh, weeks and months. That discovery of the Kapala vein, um, you know, 11 metres thick on average. It's now over a kilometre of strike, four to 500 metres of, uh, of dip extent so far defined, completely open everywhere we go. And we're getting, you know, sort of uh, 500 uh, grams per tonne silver equivalent over those sorts of widths. That adds value for shareholders no matter what happens. So we're not going to slow up there. Um, I suppose if you look at something like Gold Bull, we had some phenomenal results over the, the summer there at Gold Bull. Um, but, you know, not being rewarded by shareholders. So we've throttled back a little bit there and focusing on studies. So it's a bit of horses for courses in my view. You, you've got to, um, uh, you know, see where value is, is being added and see where shareholders are recognising value and then uh, and then react accordingly. But, you, you, you know, you don't want to be beholden to that sort of approach either. you really got to look forward and think, well, what's coming? What's going to add value here? Um, and in our view, you know, drilling and proving up resources, proving up pounds and ounces, uh, everywhere we go will add value as long as those 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 answers are of good enough grade so we keep we keep going um, you know you look at one of our portfolio companies surge copper uh, we've got a couple of rigs out there now 12,000 meter drill hole program drill program on uh, uh, our Berg property uh, Berg's an extraordinary uh, package of targets there so we'll keep drilling on those because we think the chances of discovering the chances of proving up more pounds of copper and more ounces of gold and uh, and more pounds of molybdenum are very very high so we, we keep going um, and, uh, and and adding value where we can but you know we, we're looking forward a little bit here I think that uh, as I mentioned earlier if we don't get a precious metals market out of this recession, it'll be the first one in history where that hasn't happened, in my view. Um, and and we're about to go into a, a serious uh, copper, nickel, pretty much every battery metal bull market uh, over the next few years. So getting ready for that is is where we're at. That's what we're focused on, and uh, and and we'll be keep keeping on drilling at most of those projects and properties. We'll call. Are you are you kind of um, moving more towards battery? metals as a focus rather I know you've got a, you know obviously you've got a bit of gold and, and, and silver in there but do you feel that that the thesis for battery metals is stronger than perhaps precious metals irrespective of where you think history what history um, determines the, you know the future to look like yeah very, very good question look I of all the things that we we drill and explore for gold's probably the least relevant one in that in that theme. Silver, of course, very much at the heart of the the, the battery metals theme. Of course, you know solar panels can't be built without 
silver. So we, we see that sitting within that thesis. But certainly for, for Inventor Capital, you know, uh, focus on battery metals is a major, major focus. Um, you know, unfortunately, we probably missed the lithium rush, although we're looking at a couple of deals on that front as we speak. Um, but, uh, you, you know, we, we're very, very bullish, particularly for nickel uh, and hence the Archer exploration deal and for copper as well and hence this Fiesler copper uh, consolidated wood jam deal to give us a huge amount of copper pounds up here in British Columbia. Um, so that's a focus. Look, we also have our clean energy businesses. Uh, we have a, a hydrogen business called Neo Green Hydrogen, which we're looking to take public in Australia over the coming months. Um, and we, we've announced our first deal on a uh, Portuguese hydrogen project there. So uh, that's an exciting one. So we're, we're looking more and more all the time further down the road as to what where demand's going to be in the next few years. And they're very, uh, very pleased to report our Vita Carbon um, you know, it's going great guns with uh, announcing. Oh, go on, go on. Do, do some name dropping here. Tell me about Vita Carbon. Well, we, we, firstly, <laughs> we, uh, we've announced Vita Carbon. We announced um, our first transaction. We sold uh, a number of our off, uh, carbon off, voluntary carbon offsets to Shell uh, a few weeks ago. Um, we've got all of the major uh, energy companies, oil and gas companies coming through the door as we speak to talk to us about that. Uh, you, you know, the, the Shell gave us the example that by 2030, uh, every single voluntary carbon credit available will be needed by just that one company, by Shell themselves. So they, we can see the, the price of carbon credits going parabolically over the next few years. And, and so uh, we want to be there, but we just announced a deal, sorry, Matt, to, to get to your point there, uh, with Sir Lewis Hamilton, where we're uh, sponsoring his clean energy off-road racing team. And, um, you know, very, very rewarding, satisfying to see Lewis Hamilton uh, retweet yesterday that uh, the team's now called uh, X44 Vita Carbon Racing. So uh, that's exciting for, for all of our shareholders and getting eyeballs on that story very well. It, it's good. Sorry, that's, that's where I wanted to get to. He's my favourite Formula One driver. Um, but more, more, on a more serious point, um, carbon credits, you, you give the example of that one company saying, well, we'll need you know, all the carbon credits available now. But there's going to be a massive bandwagon of people and consultants, you know, just with their hands out, trying to grab money and create these kind of carbon credit, net zero carbon stories uh, globally. It's going to get messy out there. So how do you stand out? Yeah, it is too. I and mean, we've seen that coming, you know. I think that there are probably four uh, credible uh, organisations around the world that vet, validate uh, carbon offset methodologies. Uh, we were very fortunate about 18 months ago to... Uh, sign an agreement with uh, Clear Blue Markets, based here and in uh, in Holland, uh, leaders in the space in terms of um, identifying, uh, validating, and verifying carbon offset projects around the world. Uh, and so, you know, that set us uh, in the box. They also trade in those projects as well. So we've got an agreement whereby anything that they do comes through uh, through us first. So we can pick and choose the very best. Uh, offset projects uh, globally as we go. So we're excited about that one. I, I think that, um, you know, 
as an asset class, if you can call it that, offsets have held in there very well over the past six months and during this this period, um, uh, during this sort of bearish market. So I think, uh, you, you know, and, and certainly talking to these oil and gas majors, the demand for these credits is about to go through the roof. So uh, we're in, in really strong shape on that one. Okay, and look, so we're going to we're sort of bouncing around just for a helicopter view today, just to talk about the entire portfolio of of the inventor capital companies. Um, but you're also quite diversified when it comes to jurisdiction, right? So not just the the, the commodities themselves, but also the jurisdiction. Are you seeing it get harder more broadly on the ESG, specifically the environmental and, and the social component? Um, in specific countries, or do you find that uh, it's a fairly homogenous response globally, where it is just tougher for companies and more expensive and more timely um, to actually get anything over the line when it comes to getting the permitting side of things nailed down? Well, I can tell you it's not getting any easier anywhere around the world. Um, I, I think uh, there are certain jurisdictions where you know, we continue to learn as we go and, and lots of jurisdictions we won't go to because it's just too hard to get even drilling permits. You know, we looked at a project in northern Peru recently and um, the guys that own that haven't been able to get a drill permit in five years. So, we, you, you know, we're starting to really sort of um, narrow down where we will go. Uh, I, I don't think it's ever going to get any easier. And, of course, you know, a group like Inventor Capital, we can set ourselves apart a little bit, I think, from the, the, the crowd by um, by having a serious focus on, on uh, ESG principles that, that work for everyone. You know, I don't want to get accused of being woke on, on this, but you really, you know, that, that social licence to operate remains critical in our industry. I think Gina Reinhart said it best about 10 years ago at Diggers and Dealers. She made the point that, you know, if she wanted to, if she was a serious investor, she'd be building high-rises in Sydney, Perth and Melbourne because you need 17 individual permits. When she was building a Hope Downs mine, I think she said that she needed somewhere around 2,783 different individual permits to build that mine. So it's not getting any easier. Um, you know, what that means to me is that a group like us can set our think ourselves apart by doing things right. You see what we're doing at Skeener. I think Walton, the team there, uh, our engagement with the Taltan, um, and giving back the, the Ice Mountain project to, to the Taltan First Nation uh, is probably peak uh, First Nations engagement in the mining industry, certainly that I've seen so far. You know, that cost our shareholders $25 million, but it ensured that um, that area is locked up uh, uh, for the future in a, in a conservation zone. You know, Chad Day, the chief of the Taltan, said that that will never be a mine, that'll never be developed. So whilst we took it on the chin, uh, we did the right thing there, and that's uh, cemented our relationship with the Taltan First Nations. So you, you, you've got to do these things and take that approach, I think, uh, and really listen and engage strongly with all stakeholders, and it's something that's allowed us to set ourselves apart. And the other side of that coin is that um, permitting projects such a challenge now, even ex at the exploration stage, that uh, all roads point to much higher metal prices because we're not going to be developing as many projects as quickly as we have been able to do in the past. So that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Okay. No, I think I think it's getting interesting. And um, you know, some companies are dealing with it better than others, and um, you've know, seen some horrific stories. But, but from from good companies who 
perhaps have been um, restricted from doing what they want to do from, for the for the smallest smallest reason. And it just it's um, yeah, I guess I guess it's like soul destroying when you're in that position. But hey, let's talk, talk about one thing I did want to talk to you about, which was um, the the Archer deal with uh, Woolbridge, right? Because I managed to catch up with. Uh, Mars Cord uh, just yesterday actually and, and a couple of weeks ago on this deal and you're you're very you know, chief geologist right you um, in all but name um, and you're very good at talking about strong fundamentals in terms of the asset and you're proud of that you want to do things the right way and you're looking for you know good projects you're not looking to pump up and, and blow up, you know, marginal projects. So, you know, and, and, and I've known that about you for a couple of years. But with, with Archer, you've picked up an asset which you've normally paid, best part of 54 million bucks for, which was valued at zero on the Warbridge's books. Talk to me about how you came at that deal and how you agreed that deal, because I'm intrigued about how value gets created and then how it gets projected into the into the market because that's what people buy into your your vision. Yeah, well, during brighter times, those assets, of course, were in a company called Balmoral, which I think had a market cap of about one hundred and fifty million dollars. So we've taken the view that you know can get back those assets, can get back to that sort of valuation pretty quickly. Um, you know, you know, again, nickel projects. We're very very bullish on on nickel, and I think um, you know we're going to see a lot. Uh, higher prices very very soon once once this sort of recessionary pressures off the market. Um, the way we view those assets, though, of course, you, you know, I mentioned as a sort of consolation prize, or well, sort of uh, as the steak knives, if you like, in the deal, we get the third biggest land position in Sudbury. And there's some phenomenal drill hits across those properties and some outstanding targets. So we'll be testing those over time. But the immediate focus is on the grass asset. Um, I think that, you, you know, Mars and the team there at Woolbridge have done a phenomenal job of unlocking value on the uh, Farallon uh, project, their Fenelon. gold project, Fenelon, sorry, uh, gold yeah. project, but, um, but, but really had no focus. And I think people forgot almost about those nickel assets. Christian Cargill Samad, the, the CEO of Ventus, who uh, is an advisor to Inventor Capital and part of the team here, um, I, uh, you know, alerted us to the opportunity about uh, about sort of seven or eight months ago. So we picked up the thread there. Dave Cobalt, who's the vice chairman of uh, of Macquarie uh, Group, has been um, part of the team and led the charge there as well. Uh, so we've got a, a, a great group of guys helping us on on that deal and doing a great job. Uh, I should give special mention to our VP of Cork Dev here at Inventor Keith Bodnachuk, who's led all of this as well on our side and. Uh, done some some major deals. So Keith turning into a fast turning into a Mike Connett style superstar, a new superstar of the resource sector. Um, but uh, you know we love that Grasset asset. Uh, I think that that will be uh, a mine over time. There's a lot of exploration upside immediately next to it. Of course, the, that was discovered uh, sort of seven or eight years ago. Uh, and the entire focus of Balmoral was on that asset and drilling around that asset. But it's, it, we've got 30 kilometres of now proven uh, and prospective uh, greenstone belt there that's never been explored to any extent at all. So, uh, and the chances of finding another sort of grass set or, or the like in there, I think, are very, very high. So, um, you know, 
immediate value comes from the, the pounds of nickel that are in the ground there, both there and in, in the Sudbury camp. Uh, and then huge amounts of exploration uh, upside across all the properties. So, and then of course you know you've got that um, that macro picture, macro theme of, of uh, nickel being. Uh, uh, there's not many new nickel sulphide deposits being discovered out there, if any. So, uh, putting your foot on nickel sulphide is crucial uh, for this next phase in the market. We think. Okay. Well, no, I, I'm intrigued to see how that one um, pans out and how the market reacts to. Um, that project as you, you know, move, thing, move things forward. Um, the grass set, asset, fast set. Okay. Um, the, let's just, we just I, did, I did mention it, I didn't let you talk about it, which was the Visa Copper and the Consolidated um, Wood Jam, bring, bringing those together. What, what are you trying to do with the portfolio? Because, you know, some, some companies, they're all different stages, different value, you know, you know Gold Bull's early days and Visa's yep. kind of going on to be, you know, potentially, uh, you know, a, a very meaningful company in, indeed. Certainly, uh, maybe not in current market, but in terms of what you're actually doing on the ground and and what the value could be, right? Yeah. Um, how do you make decisions to kind of bring companies together, go after assets? You say you've got 22 companies, right? 12 of which are listed. So there's constant, constant sort of juggling. To, to what end? What, what, what are you trying to be? What is this organisation trying to be? Yeah, good, good, good question. I suppose at the moment we're a merchant bank and an incubator, really. Um, we. Well, what, what does that mean? Explain that to people, because like you, you, you kind of got the whole ISO energy thing going, the, the uranium project in the Athabasca Basin, uh, no longer gets a mention. So, we, you know, give me, give me an example of what an investment bank or merchant bank model looks like for people. Sure. So, well, you, you know, Arch is a very good example. Um, you know, we pulled together. Uh, a, a few disparate things there, uh, the Woolbridge um, team, the assets, uh, access to our capital, uh, ability to recruit very, very good people. I think, um, <clears throat> you know, whilst I've been fortunate and be involved in some pretty good uh, discoveries over the years, some of them, my best discoveries, I think, have been uh, good people like Mike Connett and Keith Bodnachuk and uh, Velko Britchich and Jamie Keach, um, you, you know, guys that I think will be leaders of the industry as we go forward. And so being able to put those sorts of people behind these sorts of projects and companies, um, you know, there's opportunity in that alone. But, you know, my personal mission is to supply as much metal to the, as, as well as possible uh, and sustainably as possible to a metal-hungry world. So uh, I, I look at everything through that lens. Uh, we always take the view that we're going to build the mine ourselves, and I think with Wiesler Silver, you know, where I, I think we're on to one of the world's great silver discoveries and we're potentially going to be talking over the next couple of years about building the world's biggest silver mine. Um, so we take the view that we're going to build it. The, the, the projects have to be right. Uh, in that sense, you know, grade and tons have to be good enough. Um, the environment that you build, uh, the, the jurisdiction has to be right. We love Mexico, by the way. Um, you know, we've found it very, very good to operate down there. Um, so the jurisdiction's got to be right. All of those things have got to come together and then we can build a, a fantastic project. And I'd, I'd love to see us build, you know, uh, a major mining company one day, but but perhaps we'll start a bit smaller than that and build a, a number of smaller companies that eventually become a mid-tier company uh, uh, over time. So that's you, you know that's what it's about for us. Okay, 
I know, so a parent loves all their children, but uh, it sounds like you've got a particular um, soft spot for Wiesler. Who else would you kind of mention there as the sort of the next little darling? Yeah, look, I, I think, um, you know, with, with where we see copper going, Wiesler copper will be very strong. Goldbull, um, Goldbull, uh, great company. We've got great assets there in Nevada, huge amount of exploration upside, a little bit small at the moment, so we'll continue to grow that. Uh, Archic. You know, that's a banner deal, I think, for Inventor Capital. So we like what we've got there. We also have Tin One Resources, Tin One with our Tassie tin projects down in Australia there. You know, we're very bullish on the tin price, have been for a long time. So that's been a bit of a slow burn for us. So we're excited about that. Um, and, uh, you, you know, Skeener, of course, geez, there we've got one of the world's great uh, deposits and projects. So, so that's, you know, that's, that's a bit of a darling. Uh, I've got a personal bent. I, I, I think that the sort of, you know, um, carbon offset clean energy businesses aren't going away. So uh, Vita Carbon, very excited by what the team's doing there. Jamie and Velco have done a phenomenal job of building that company up very quickly. So... Uh, very positive view there, but um, you, 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 I think I think uh, you've named everyone. I think there's no these topic subliminal uh, messaging. That um, see that that's that's a phenomenal story. I'm, I'm, you know, the next couple of years for Visa Silver are going to be massive. I'm excited about that one. 